right, we're about to do the most important thing we do here tonight, read God's word. Uh, So we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 1. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Well, good day, everybody. Uh, my name is Paul, one of the pastors here at Sorrow Bible Church. And before we get into that passage, I want to tell you a story about Cecil B. DeMille. Do you remember that guy? Or heard of that guy, at least? The famous movie director and producer of classic films, classic epics, like Ben-Hur, uh, The Ten Commandments, and things like that. Epic films. Anyhow, one day he was on location in the desert, making one of his epic movies, Uh, and uh, it was going to stage a great battle scene. Now, this is in the days before CGI. There was no fudging with computer animation uh, to make an army. You had to do it in real life, and so you needed hordes of people. So he had thousands upon thousands of foot soldiers staged ready to go, hundreds of people on horses, cavalry, cavalry, uh, coming in from all directions uh, into a great battle in the middle of the valley. As you can imagine, um, this cost immense amounts of money and would have taken weeks and weeks to organise. So to make sure he he didn't miss it, uh, he set the scene up with three cameras, one on the same level, level as him on the floor of the valley, one halfway up the hill and another one at the very top of the hill. And so the scene began and the valley erupted Uh, into a carefully staged hostile war. After a few minutes, uh, he shouted, cut, uh, and then he turned to the cameraman next to him and said, how'd you go? Did you get all that? The cameraman sheepishly said, said, look, sorry, Mr DeMille, but um, just as we were getting into the scene, uh, the camera jammed. He then looked to the man halfway up the hill and, and called out, how did you go? Did you get that? I'm sorry, Mr DeMille but our cameras uh, snapped the tape. We didn't get any of that. So by this stage, absolutely panic-stricken, he grabs a layout hailer and shouts to the man at the top of the hill, camera three, did you get that? And the cameraman up on the top of the hill waved and shouted back, ready when you are, Mr DeMille. (laughs) Well, 
Have you ever been caught unprepared? It can make you feel a bit foolish. Have you ever had that embarrassing experience of running madly along a train platform as the train slowly pulls out and leaves you behind? Have you ever had that sinking feeling as you've turned over the examination paper and realised, oh no, I prepared for the wrong subject? Well, being late for work or failing an exam is one thing. Being unprepared for the second coming of Jesus is quite another. And that is the agonising tragedy of our parable today. Why don't we pray? Dear Lord, we thank you that you reveal to us what we need to know. So help us this day to learn from you, to have ears that hear and hearts and minds that are alert and ready to be for your return. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we continue our series through the parables. um, And today our setting is at a Middle Eastern wedding. And we're introduced to ten virgins. Now, probably the equivalent of that would be called a bridesmaid today. And so they're waiting for a bridegroom. Now, these weddings could run for many days. And one of the things that made the wedding really exciting was that it was unknown when the bridegroom would arrive. But as we read on through the parable, the tension arises when we're told the bridegroom was a long time coming. There was a delay. And we have five bridesmaids who are foolishly unprepared for the wait. When the bridegroom suddenly appears and arrives, the foolish virgins virgins are, are scrambling around trying to get ready. But it's too late. And so the tragic ending Five foolish bridesmaids are in the end locked out of the banquet. Now we don't have a direct uh, explanation of this parable uh, given by Jesus, but the context of this story uh, makes the meaning really clear. For just in the previous chapter to this, in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus has been teaching about his second coming and the call to persevere as his people and to be as we wait for his return. Indeed, Jesus makes a really chilling statement in chapter 24, which actually could be understood as a a commentary of this parable. I've got it here on screen, verses 12 and 13. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. I don't know about you, but I think that's actually some of the most chilling words ever to come from Jesus' mouth. Don't you think? Isn't it disturbing to think that the love of most will grow cold? And what is the mark, therefore, for God's real people? Well, the mark is they will persevere. Their lamps don't burn out. Even though, they wait for, even though the wait for Jesus is a long one, even though his coming seems delayed, even though there are many hardships that they need to endure, they persevere. And so as we wait for Jesus, we can either be wise or foolish. To use the illustration of the parable, the wise virgins had resources that endured for a long waiting period. They had enough oil. But the foolish burned out 
before the bridegroom's arrival. And so the big question for us, here's the big question for us tonight. Will we be ready when Jesus comes back? Will we be ready when Jesus comes back? Well, the parable is a cautionary tale uh, and we're to learn from the foolish versions. So where exactly did they go wrong? Well, as we think through the parable again, we'll see four areas where they made mistakes. Firstly, they thought that looking the part was good enough. As we were introduced to the virgins, they are, look all very similar. They might be together, together as a group, um, and they'd all be at this wedding celebration. They were all waiting to take part in the final party, um, and they were all carrying a lamp. The point, of course, of all this is that, well, actually looking the part is pretty easy to do. But on closer inspection, uh, the foolish took no extra oil with them. But the wise were different. They took jars of oil along with their lamps, we're told. And when we come to church these days, plenty of people look the part, look the part as Christians. It could be us here at Soul Revival, it could be anywhere in the wider church. But Jesus wants us to know that there's a difference between the wise and the foolish. Now, on the one hand, there's nothing wrong with looking the part, is there not? I mean, uh, in fact, if you're the real deal as a Christian, you can't help but look the part at church, just like the wise virgins were. But only the wise are constantly investing in their perseverance so they are ready for the return of Jesus. So how to be foolish? Number one, assume that looking the part is enough. Number two, assume you have the right contacts. So as a story. It starts getting late. The bridegroom is delayed and the virgins fall asleep. Now, there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. I mean, they were tired and they went to bed. Um, but then at midnight, the cry goes out. Here's the bridegroom. Come and meet him. And lamps, of course, are needed in the dark. And a lamp without oil is like a torch without batteries. It's useless. And so sure enough, the foolish find themselves in the dark. So they resort to, to what's written in verse 8. I've got the verse 8 here on the screen. The foolish one said to the wise, uh, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. You can see what the foolish are thinking. Uh, it's okay, it's okay. Um, we know these wise virgins, they're our friends. Um, we can use some of their oil. It'll be fine. Except that it's not fine. So we read in verse 9 here on the screen. No, the wise virgins replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. So again, coming to the context of church. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Do you move in Christian circles? Are you involved in Christian service, helping out around church? Um, maybe you're well connected with people in church. Again, these connections and contacts are again unavoidable for the real deal Christian. 
but they can also breed complacency for those that are maybe on the fringe, keep drifting to the fringe. It'll be all right. Should Jesus comes back and starts dividing humanity, well, I mean, surely I'll be on the side of the Christian side with my parents, with my friends, the ones I went to church with. Well, that didn't work for these foolish virgins. The wise take personal responsibility. They don't presume upon their company. They don't presume upon their heritage. I can still remember back to the days when I uh, did confirmation. Uh, I was doing that in my, in my teenage years. I can still hear the voice of the minister clear as day, that first meeting I had with him, when he said, Paul, why are you doing confirmation classes? And the first thing that came to my head, because mum told me to. Now, thankfully, that didn't come out loud. It just stayed in my head. And I quickly... It was all in a moment. And I thought, oh, because I need to take responsibility for my Christian faith. It wasn't because mum and dad wanted me to. I needed to take personal responsibility. So the penny started to drop for me that it's not about my heritage. It's about personal responsibility before Jesus. So... Coming back to the foolish virgins, we're learning how to be foolish, number one, thinking that looking the part is enough. Number two, assuming you have the right contacts. Number three, presume it's going to be all right on the night. Okay, so we have the foolish virgins and they plan to use the oil of the wise. That, 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 that plan to ask the, the wise um, virgins hasn't worked. But not to worry. Uh, they have another plan. Let's go and buy our own. That's what they told us to do. Well, let's go. We can do that. Undeterred, off they go. They'll sort it out. They can make it work. They have a can-do attitude. But then we read in verse 10 here on the screen, but while they're on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Now again, and we think about our lives and we think, well, there's been plenty of moments, plenty of moments when I've been caught unawares, when I've been left because it hasn't been planned. But as I look back and think about it, I think, well, that might not have been great, but we still managed to muddle through. I mean, we winged it, but it was okay. And that attitude starts to creep in to other areas of our life. And we start to think to ourselves, well, again, should Jesus actually return in glory and in in person? Well, um, surely it'll be okay. I wonder if you're a a, a last-minute type of person. You know, you love that lastminute.com website, booking cheap accommodation, I think it's that sort of thing. The issue is warning us now to get ready now for Jesus' return. Because when the day arrives, there'll be no winging it. It's too late. There'll be no time to sort it out, to muddle through, because the door will be shut forever. Because if we're not ready, 
it just won't be all right on the night. So three ways to be foolish so far. To think that you can look the part, to rely on your contacts, to presume that it will be all right on the night, and lastly, and probably most importantly, to not know the bridegroom. Well, I don't know, when was the last time you were at a wedding? I wonder if you, as you arrived, you might have been greeted at the door of the usher, and I sometimes ask this question, are you with the bride or are you with the groom? Um, the assumption is that if you've turned up to the wedding, well, surely you've got some sort of contact with one of the wedding party, one, the wedding party, or if not both. And as I said earlier, the virgin's role was something like that of a bridesmaid. So we've seen the virgins were preparing for the coming of the bridegroom. Now, naturally, we would assume um, that they knew him. And those wise virgins, well, they no doubt did. They were welcomed into the party. But there was a shock in store for the foolish bridesmaids. We read verses 11 and 12 on the screen. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I do not know you. And you might remember, this isn't the first time we've heard something like this in Matthew's Gospel. You put your thinking caps on, first term of the year, what were we looking through? Working through the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. And remember, as we come to the end of that sermon, Jesus concludes by saying these words here on the screen. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. When Jesus does return, when he is revealed in glory, could there be anything worse to hear from his lips? I never knew you. Away from me. So really, the whole parable is building to this point. Of course, those foolish virgins weren't refused entry on a technicality or anything like that. The bottom line was this. The bottom line was ultimately, as they had shown him what they had done, or maybe what they didn't do, that they just didn't know the bridegroom at all. And in the end, that was the only contact that mattered. And they didn't have it. And Jesus is teaching all of us all of us here tonight, the only contact that matters is a personal, real connection with Jesus. Because remember who he is. He is the bridegroom. He is the Lord God himself. If you don't know Jesus, then you don't know God. 
And so Jesus concludes in the parable, verse 13 here on the screen, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Well, it begs the question then, what does it mean? What does it mean to keep watch? How is it that we can be wise and not foolish in our lives? Well, again, we remember Matthew chapter 7 again. And straight after that last quote, Jesus goes on to say this here on the screen. Therefore, anyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the stream rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it has a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So these foolish virgins were clearly not ready for the bridegroom. Forget about listening to him. They did not even know him. So with the slightest inconvenience, they are caught unprepared and cut off from the banquet. And so it's a sober warning for us to make sure that our hearts don't grow cold towards the bridegroom. Because friends, if you know Jesus, I mean, if you really know him, you'll listen. You'll do what he says. We will know he's coming, even if we don't know when, and we'll do everything in our power to keep watch in preparation for his return. So that when that great day comes and he stands there and he looks us in the eye, we will hear those wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant. Come in to the wedding banquet. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again that the Lord Jesus Christ reigns and that he will return. We thank you that he's prepared us by telling us what we need to know. Lord, if there's any foolishness or complacency in us, would we today listen to Jesus and wake up and make sure that we are ready? Would we instead be wise listening to your Son? Come to him and receive all that he gives so that we can look forward to that day when he will welcome us into the heavenly banquet forever. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.